And welcome back to the Survivor at Home podcast, episode two. I'm Jordan Timpson. I'm here alongside Andrew Ironside, and we are ready to go with the second episode after having just watched Survivor uh, on TV Wednesday night here on Global TV in Canada. So, uh, Andrew, welcome in. Welcome back. And as we talked about, we want to have guests every week. And so this week we've invited in two guests. Uh, both have played Survivor at Home twice. And uh, so welcome in Steph Ironside and Karen White. Hey, guys. Hi. (laughs) Thanks so much for having us, guys. This is awesome. Yeah, we're very excited you guys are here. Thanks, Jordan, for kicking us off. And just before anything else, there is some big news that I assume you're going to share. If not, this is awkward. But can you tell the audience even development from last week when we were talking about your relationship? Yeah. Um, Something has happened. Um, And I'll leave it to you guys to to share the details. Yeah. So we had talked about last week how through Survivor, uh, Karen and I started a relationship um, after Survivor at Home in January. And this past Saturday, we had an uh, an exciting development where I uh, hopped on one knee, asked uh, a question, and uh, Karen has answered yes. And so we are going ahead and we are engaged now, which is we're, we're really excited. We've been uh, we've we've been very uh, happy this week, very uh, excited, celebrating ourselves, and then also feeling very celebrated by friends and family around us as well. So, uh, Karen, if you've anything else you wanted to add on that, but I, uh, it's been a, a blessing this for a long time, but specifically this past couple of days has been a true blessing. Yeah, most definitely. Thanks for your excitement, you guys. You have played a huge part in our love story, and we're just so thrilled to be able to celebrate with everyone. Um, I know you're all wondering, you're dying to know, the proposal was beautiful. It was so well planned out and so personal. And I'm just spending all day staring at my left hand. It is beautiful. So It's gorgeous for anyone. I know no one can see it right now, but it is absolutely gorgeous. If you play Survivor at home in the future, you can see this ring live (laughs) on. This is especially surreal for me because after the, I guess it was in January, right? It was when we, yeah. So after the January Survivor at home, which was season two and Jordan won, uh, I actually predicted before anyone else did that these two were in a tight alliance. I could see that there was a little thing going on between them. I just had this weird feeling. And then turns out that I was right about that. And then afterwards, when we were, uh, you know, a lot of the people who play, we use this app called house party and a lot of the contestants, they will watch house party and go on and chat and stuff afterwards. And we just started noticing that Jordan and, um, Karen, we're, you know, coming on just the two of them for long periods of time. Oh gosh. And one of the beauties of house parties, you can get a not- notification that shows you Karen has entered the party or Jordan has entered the party. And so every time that would happen, I ended up being in this little like text thread with another, a couple other contestants. And we would like all update each other on whether and like how long they'd been chatting for. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> we were so excited because we all just felt like, oh my gosh, these two would be so cute. And um, I think at one point one of the threads was called like Jordan and Karen Watch or something like yes. that. Jordan, did you even hear that? Did, have you had you I've, heard that? Okay. I've heard I, yeah, I've heard about this, uh, I've heard about this group chat a 
a couple of times. Don't know everything I'm sure that went on, but uh, I know there was a lot of excitement and people cheering for us, which is which is awesome. We, we talk about that a lot, the people that, that cheer for us. So yeah, um, yeah. that's we were, so, that's so much fun. We were very excited for you and uh, yeah, just, just all the best to you both. We're very, very excited for you. So, and yeah, yeah. for anyone who, who's interested, I mean, Jordan and Karen are the Rob and Amber. I mean, who knows, maybe one of you could be, oh my gosh. Um, what's that one? Chelsea and there's another couple who's there's a couple couples who there's are, a couple, there are a couple. yeah there's, there's a, a few I can't think of them right now but anyways you guys are Robin and Amber right now and can't wait to see who's gonna be it the next cool. one and I just you know when you you called me you FaceTime me on the weekend and truly we don't know each other at all outside of Survivor at home and we've met you know once or twice Karen your friends with my sister but really this game brought us together and then to see you guys meet and connect in that way and as we said last week that the desire of the podcast is to uh, sorry the desire of the game was to create a space where community could form especially during a time like covid and it was cool i actually felt a lot of like excitement and joy for you uh, both as you celebrated and showing that ring and kind of like this weird sense of pride of like it's cool like not not in a weird way i didn't have that much to do with it but just Honestly, I, I, you, I hung up talking to you guys and I was like really smiling to myself saying, this is a really cool story. And I'm really happy for you guys that we had a small part to play in that. Um, and I think it makes a great pitch to Jeff Probst again and Mark Burnett and the team. If they ever listen and we are the real deal, deal. We're big fans. We would love, love for you to invite one of us to play. Although maybe, maybe we keep saying invite. Maybe we just have to apply. And that might be yeah. yeah, I don't know, like, if he's going to show up at our door. But, like, hey, play, I heard, like, 16 of you in Toronto played this fun game, and I really like the two of you who got married to come and play on the real show. So. <laughs> well, listen, Andrew, there is nothing like having 14 other people being your wingman and woman. So a big plug for Survivor at Home, you guys. It is a community builder, and it's just all around a great time. Yes. Awesome. awesome. Thank you for the plug, Karen. Well, uh, we wanted to start off by giving you guys a little bit of a chance to share about yourself. Obviously, we've done that. But just in kind of the spirit of Survivor, you know, you have the cast confessionals uh, each week and really as the season starts. And they do. They, they give us a bit of insight to who they are, their profession, kind of some something about them, some hobbies. So um, we're just going to ask you guys that. Maybe we'll start with you, Karen, and be, being newly engaged. But why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, what it is that you do for work and why you're here on this Survivor at Home podcast and, and kind of your connection to the game of Survivor. Absolutely. Well, guys, I'm so excited to be here today to chat with you and to chat all things Survivor. Um, I come a, kind of come out of left field here with my profession. I am a professional opera singer, um, which has been a huge deal for me in traveling the world and getting to do what I love. Um, and you know, catching the bug for adventure. It's a big part of what I do. Uh, another thing that I do is I'm a music teacher. So I'm a professor at Tyndale University and I help students who are aspiring to do the same things that I've had the opportunity to do and also to go out into ministry in their churches and in their communities. So I love what I do. Um, some hobbies are watching Survivor, of course. Um, I like to write a little bit. And uh, I think really the main reason I'm here is, you know, I'm kind of marrying one of the hosts. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a forest is what you're saying. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. 
Amazing. <laughs> and we did want to ask just as a fan of, of the real game of Survivor and Survivor at Home, is there a, a kind of a key strategy, a lesson you've learned for people listening at home, something that you'd want to communicate to them about something you've learned actually playing this version of the game that's something like the real version? Yeah. Uh, what it is you, you should do, something that will help you in terms of strategy. Absolutely. Um, my game was very, very focused on the social aspect, really getting to know people, gaining trust, making connections. And um, it worked out really well because in Survivor at Home season two, uh, I finished third. So not too shabby, I'd say. Not too shabby at all. <laughs> you did amazing. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a great time. So who knows if my strategy would change moving forward, but that's kind of what I stuck with and it seemed to work. That's awesome. great. Um, let's transition over to Steph. Steph, can you give us uh, a bit about yourself as well as your experience with the TV show Survivor and what that's kind of meant in your life? Awesome. Yeah. So I am Stephanie Ironside and I am Andrew's wife. Um, that's not my only title. <laughs> um, I am, I live in Toronto, um, in Etobicoke specifically, and I have two young kids, uh, and I also am a photographer. So I do weddings and lifestyle stuff, uh, like families, newborns, all anything really you could think about. Um, and I actually just got a new job that I am excited to announce about, but to say this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just got a new job with Youth Unlimited in Toronto and I will be heading up their Etobicoke Young Moms program. So I'll be facilitating uh, a program here in Etobicoke for uh, moms who are 25 and under. And yeah, just trying to get that program going. So I'm really excited about that. That's a brand new thing that's happened this week. And so I guess, yeah, I'm a photographer a community worker and a mom and a wife and yeah i love survivor too and a big fan of survivor <laughs> and a huge fan of survivor TV, yes for sure <laughs> yes and just so a little now, plug can i give a little oh, yeah. plug just for stuff in that and just cool to see her entering this new role supporting young parents having young kids ourselves we are watching survivor tonight episode two and i forget who it was but someone was talking about being raised by a single parent <laughs> and we both looked at each other and just said you know, after another semi-stressful night, putting our kids to bed, but kind of partnering together as best we can. And we're not perfect, but just saying to each other, that would be incredibly hard to be a single parent. And to the single parents out there, um, kudos to you, to all parents um, and to people who support children. It takes a village to raise kids, but specifically single parents. And to see um, Steph entering a role where she's going to be able to come alongside specifically young women under the age of 25 who even more so may need those resources and just love and compassion. I'm really proud of her for doing that. I'm excited for her. And um, just, man, and, and you think about the game of Survivor, you talk about strength and resiliency. Uh, you see single parents and having some experience of our own as parents. Um, you just think, man, they single parents, I, I don't know how they do it. And, I, and I'm not just saying that. I don't know how they do it a show to them and uh you know just the strength that they're given by god i don't know where they draw the strength from to per persevere but if you know and if you're listening and you know a, a young parent or a single parent in your life um they do need support they need encouragement buy them a meal 
you know, if, if you're a trusted person, offer to take their kids to the park so they can have a nap or a shower. Um, it's hard, and especially during COVID. So just a, a little plug there for that. But just interesting that that even came up in the show tonight as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was a cool moment, I think, with Deshaun, um, where they were, where him and Evie were walking up, right? And he was talking about that and how he gains his strength uh, or learned a lot of his strength from uh, from his mom growing up. Um, one last question, Steph. Yep. You played two seasons of Survivor at home. Yeah. Uh, what is a big strategy lesson that you uh, that you learned? Well, definitely for me, I would be similar to Karen where I wouldn't be as much of a strategic player as I am a social player. But one thing that I realized my weakness would be would be in my inability to well I I usually feel quite responsible for like if I'm in a group of people I feel responsible for continuing the conversation and you know connecting people and one of my mistakes in uh, when I was playing was that I I revealed something about someone thinking that I was just you know carrying on conversation oh well Kel I he had he had run a couple of survivor games himself in his hometown and I was just, I mistakenly just, you know, I thought I was just being like breaking the uh, ice, you know, breaking the ice. And I was just like, Hey, Cal, didn't you run a couple of survivor seasons? And I just, I just didn't even think about, didn't even cross my mind at all. But in the end, I did learn from him that that was not necessarily that put up a lot of alarm bells in his head. Cause he was like, I don't want to, like, he just tried to sort of brush it off as if, I wasn't telling the truth or I got it wrong or something like that. And he, uh, he just told me afterwards, he's like, you can't be saying that kind of stuff. And unfortunately I did that a couple of times and it all just kind of stems from my inability to just sort of sit and, and observe. I have a hard time doing that. So I, I think that would be my, that's probably my biggest takeaway is just to sort of keep track of what I'm I'm doing socially a little bit more and be more a little more thoughtful about it and hopefully hopefully next time I play I won't I won't get that little you know that that it's it's like it's like a fire in me that like I I have to just say something when I feel the need to yes yes new people it's a gift you have and in most situations that's a real gift to, to bring people together to ease people's comfort but yes, you, you do kind of put a target on your back or create some tension when you reveal a secret about someone else that they're a good yes. a super fan and who has run their own games. Uh, Kel, if you're listening, uh, shout out to you. And for those that are interested, Kel runs an amazing at-home experience as well. Over 38 days, I think, online, which is insane. Uh, if you want to know yeah. more about that, we can tell you. But uh, very cool. I guess let's just jump into the episode, guys. What do you think? We'll, we'll kind of walk sequentially through some of the things that we saw tonight on episode number two of Survivor Season 41. And uh, I guess just starting off right off the bat, they introduced us to Brad. Again, someone who last week was, in my opinion, not a great player. The way he just went about, I was like, okay, this guy's not going to last long. He, he kind of is very vocal about who he thinks is going to go home right in front of those people. Not a good strategy, in my opinion. And yet tonight we see almost a Tony-esque move uh, going and hiding and listening to the conversation. What did you guys think about that? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I picked up on, Andrew, that Tony-style spying happening. Just 
and just his like zero trust. I think he was talking about JD right off the top of the episode and just being like, there is something that is not lining up there. And he saw them leaving and just said, I need to be there. I need to hear this. Yeah, I was surprised. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Steph. Oh, I was just surprised that that he didn't trust Ricardo and JD together because, you know, last episode he had it was Ricard Ricard actually who had said that he didn't trust JD. And so I guess maybe he didn't reveal that necessarily to Brad, but just the fact that he saw those two going off and then immediately the alarm bells went off for him. I thought, okay, that's interesting. So maybe Ricard isn't revealing that to everyone. And the other thing you see in this situation is how comfortable Shan is in everything that's going on in her tribe. For sure. Um, A lot of people aren't trusting each other and she's, she's just sitting there. She's stable. She sees Brad run off. And one of Karen's favorite moments of the episode is the eye roll that just flies across her face. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Seeing Brad go, uh, go kind of crazy in that moment. It was just another time where the, the, the mafia pastor is, is in control of what's going on and, uh, or at least in control of her own game uh, there. And it looks good, looking good for, for her. Yeah, I agree. Uh, she's, she's awesome. And I love, I love the production of that, just to capture that moment of all the footage. Like, okay, let's go back. I think there was an eye roll this day. I'd love to know the behind the scenes of how they, how they do that. Cause it just fits yeah. so well as obviously last week with her singing the tune along that was trending <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, pretty cool. Um, and yeah, what, what would you guys do if you had an opportunity to go and hide and listen? Cause it, he, it was cool what Brad said, he, you know, he's like, I'm a hunter and there's this, this sense that sometimes the, the animal will know I'm watching them. So he closes his eyes and there's kind of some truth of that. Like, you know, don't, isn't there like a theory about that? Like if you look at someone long enough, they're going to look back at you. Some people have, a, you pick up that vibe. So I, I personally would be nervous to be laying there. I'm like, Oh man, they're going to know I'm here. Like they're going to see my skin. I know I'm, I look tanned here, you know, on zoom, but uh, it would be hard. So what would you guys do? Would you, would you put yourself in a position like Tony, like Brad here, where you you're kind of actually trying to sneak around and, and listen into a conversation with that much risk if you get caught? I mean, I feel like you gotta, you gotta roll the dice. You gotta make the big moves in order to move forward. So I respect it think it was a little crazy like the whole explanation of the i'm gonna close my eyes and they will not see me it doesn't really work like that but um it worked out for brad in that moment seems like he got some key information which he wasn't really willing to share at the moment so maybe we'll find out some more later on you didn't like the closing the eyes eh? i i it was extra i don't know I think it's it makes sense to me. I I feel that like this the psychology. I don't. You're right. It's probably not a science, but I feel like as a kid playing even hide and go seek, and you're watching. It's like I I feel like they're gonna see. They're gonna feel me. You know, watching them. So I I've done that. I've played hide and seek, and I've turned my eyes around. Anyway, I would never do that because you would not know then if they saw you. That's that's a very good point. And then you <laughs> you don't have you know the intelligence of that's that. a very good point. You know, like the. You don't, yeah, you don't, you don't know necessarily. That actually would so. be a funny shot if that had to happen. If they're like whispering, like, hey, there's Brad and they look over, but he's got his head down and he's not looking. So he doesn't even yeah. see what they're yeah. doing. He has no the idea that they've phrase. actually, they've yeah, actually double agent. They've just double secret agented him. Yes. That would, uh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't see, I would not see hiding and sneaking around being a part of 
my game if I was out there. So I have a really hard time with relating to what Brad and Tony and in previous seasons are doing in that moment. But also if you can get away with it and actually gain Intel, it's a different way to play the game. Mm. I mean, it turns into sleep with one eye open and spy with two eyes shut. It could, it could happen. Wow. You should go on survivor and they will quote that. That'll be like the name of the season or name of the episode. Here we go. Uh, Very cool. Here's a key key takeaway from that tribe is for me is that going into tribal council last week, they were all kumbaya. And ever since they said that it's not gone, it's not looking so smooth for them. Now they, they didn't have to go to tribal with in this episode, which is good, but not all kumbaya there with people not trusting each other anymore. Like they were just uh, even early last week. Um, But as we move on in the episode, we get to the yellow tribe who are a mess uh, going around. They are, sharing secrets with each other everyone every piece of information seems to be completely out in the open the only player who really seems to come across really well is evie is did did anyone see anyone else coming across well in that tribe or is it just her yeah i mean i steph actually said last week she was really a fan of xander's early start and the way he came across as someone kind of like that surfer dude that kind of flies under the radar, but it's kind of a little dopey, so maybe he won't win the game. He's, he seems like he's got that vibe, but also is really intelligent. And so we were talking last week about how he might actually do really well in this game. So I I, I do. I actually think he's he's a, a player that has come to play the game. Um, but certainly Evie is setting the bar in that tribe for sure, just the way that she is maneuvering between yeah. the different alliances. She's, she's talking to different people. She's obviously making that connection with uh, Deshaun on the island. Uh, but what, what about you, Steph? What do you think? Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, one of my favorite parts about watching reality TV is just dissecting some of the editing and the screen time that people get and trying to almost, I mean, most of the times when I watch reality TV, I, I actually look up spoilers. But Survivor, I actually, I don't do that at all because it would actually ruin it for me. But because of my doing, because I do that so often, I do really, really look at how many, what the editing is like. And obviously this episode was very heavily focused on Evie. Uh, But I, I definitely think too, in the back of my head, obviously Tiffany is a big area of focus as well, Mm -hmm. but in terms of just sort of like a steady presence and someone who's not, who hasn't stepped on any toes is kind of sort of just going with the flow, not even going with the flow. Cause I, I get a sense that she has a lot more to her than we've seen, but I do really like Leanne. Is it Leanna? I think I heard yeah, Leanna. Leanna. Yeah. Yeah. Leanna. Yeah. I, I really like Leanna too. She just seems like, okay, she's just, she's going to coast for a tiny bit, but I see her having this sort of like spark spark plug energy where you know it's just going to take a little bit for her to she might be in neutral for a little bit but then she's gonna she's gonna get in get into gear uh once she finds her footing but I definitely sense that with her but it was definitely very interesting I think Tiffany is getting sort of that um it'll be interesting to see how far she gets because she is definitely getting that we're gonna love her eventually sort of vibe i think from the edit where she's yeah. showing a lot of weakness but she's 
she's sticking it. She's, she's stick like she's in there still. She's, she's still alive and we'll see where she goes. But mm-hmm. I did really like Xander last week too. Um, and I think it'll be really telling to see where he maneuvers from here. Yeah. yeah. Xander is always in it with the twists, right? I think he's one of the people that's had to deal with the most decisions and the most trouble so far even just in two episodes. So can't wait to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like the, the kind of the, the combo of heady, heavy hitters on a team. Obviously, it's still early to say that. But as I look just again at the list here with uh, Xander, with Evie, with Vochi, with then Leanna really getting some good airtime this week. And again, Tiffany, I would say, unfortunately, not so much for me. I, I Just, I don't know. I don't think she has it. Uh, it's not a personal thing. <laughs> but just, it's just, it's, I feel bad for her because she seems like an amazing person but just not seeming to do well in the game you know who she reminds me of she reminds me um oh my gosh one of our favorite players she played on she played a couple times curly brown hair oh my gosh how far back are we talking a couple seasons or yeah she played with did she play with i'll have i'll I'll, I'll remember but she reminds me and it was a player who at the beginning really struggled and then she aubrey aubrey Aubrey. Oh, she reminds yeah. me a little bit of her where she just struggles a little bit, but you're kind of, as you go on, you start to love them more because of their resilience mm. and because and they just gaining confidence. Yeah. And well, so I do wonder if she, once she gets confidence, yeah. that that's kind of my prediction, but we'll see. Well, that's, that is the great thing about survivor. Cause here we are talking about Tiffany and maybe I'm not the only one, but I think I speak for all of us to say she's pretty weak out of the gate, but survivor is great in that, that we see people season by season who, even speak to themselves in this negativity of like, I, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not confident enough. I, I'm not like these other people. And they, they, they grow and they're shaped and they persevere. And you see, you see a change in them in the game. And it's, it's incredible to watch. And you know, it's not just the production because when they go back, you, you see them on social media, some of these people, their lives are changed because of the experience of being on survivor. And so, you're right. I mean, you can never write just like in a, as in any challenge where someone gets way behind and we've learned now you don't write anyone off until the challenge is done. See, I think we, we should say the same with certain players, yeah. you know, that even if they look yeah. like they're stumbling out of the gate, this is survivor. Anything can happen. Um, and that's why we keep coming back for 41 seasons and counting. So 41 seasons. And for the first time, there's, I think, for for one of the first times there's a th- this is the first time there's a three-way idol that comes out uh and we learn a part one xander finds it the first thing is thoughts on there being a three-way idol where three people in different tribes have to find it i think it's a unique idea i hope it works one of my favorite questions that if i jeff probst if you're listening we'd love to have you on the podcast um <laughs> if we could ever have jeff probst on one of my favorite questions i'd want to ask him is has there ever been an idol or advantage that's never been found? And so you never showed it, but what did it, what could it have been if it had been found? And I wonder if this um, three-way idol, when those other two parts will be found, because I think now they've shown us one part, the other two will be found at some point, but when will that be and how long will Xander have to suffer in this game? But what did you guys think about the three, the three-way idol? And would you have even taken it, right? Would you, would you have taken it? Well, you that? had to once you opened it. Yeah, you're right. Once you open it, right. but even seeing, didn't it say on this like uh, it's, it's a it, warning? It was called the beware, beware, beware advantage, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
I think just finding an idol alone is way too exciting. Like the adrenaline is so high. It could say do not open and I'd probably still open it to be yeah. honest. <laughs> it's um, so true. You know, and I think this piece of having three a three-way share is going to be so exciting to see how this plays out. Like is Xander going to be at every challenge saying the same line just hoping that someone's going to catch on to this? <laughs> what is this going to be like? You know what I just thought of? I wonder if, because they probably are going to swap within the next couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. I wonder if, it just makes you wonder if production's going to kind of not push them along. I'm not, I'm not accusing them of helping to find idols, but no. it does look like next episode, they, there are idols found. That's mm -hmm. what it kind of looked like. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that means that there's no tribe swap, but it is a very interesting concept. There's definitely, I, I do think that it's a huge, uh, it's a huge disadvantage to lose your vote until that other person, those other people, it's just huge. Yeah, I don't think that's, I think that the punishment does not fit the, yeah, the idol too strong. Yeah, <laughs> because because I think I think what should have happened is as soon as he utters that phrase the first time, that's when he loses the vote. So he has to sort of like that's when he gets the vote. You mean like he sorry, gets? No, no, no. That's when he starts to yeah. lose the vote. So he could have yeah. waited a couple of right. challenges and been like, okay, I'd, I'm feeling it this time, you know. But if he says it the first time then that's him deciding I want to lose my vote at this point. That's a great point. Cause it's yeah. not just, it's not just one other person that has to have found it agree, like wanted to open it and then been willing enough to do it. Yeah. It's two other mm -hmm. people. So you're right. That's, mm -hmm. that seems like very high uh, risk or improbability of that actually taking place. The only reason it will be not as like, it, it won't be as bad as because they likely will be dropping buffs and, tribe swapping which i think would probably mean that they're going to go into two tribes so is this one just done and i would i'm not sure but uh, well it'll be interesting to see because well, I, I can't imagine him not having a vote for you know five tribals that would yeah. be way too much That's yeah. true. or i wonder if they i wonder if punishment. yeah i wonder if it gets some tree mail and there's like an update to it or even like a new sentence that he says because yeah. probably like at, you said steph earlier when we watched it that people are not used to this in Survivor, so they're not going to catch on. But if he comes yeah. on again and says, you know, I had another rough night, Jeff, and uh, the butterflies, I think my relatives are still talking to me. <laughs> people are going to be like, okay, what is going on? Because even in our Survivor at home game, you know, people would just uh, think they found a clue or I, I, we'd, we'd hide some wording as part of a descriptor of a clue, but people would think that would be the clue. And they would just randomly shout out, um, oh, I, I think the weather is really sunny today. And like, what are you talking about? And they're like, isn't that a clue? Isn't that a clue? Like, wasn't I supposed to say that word? I'm like, no, that's not a word. <laughs> that's not a clue. But eventually people, if, if he keep, if he says that again, people are going to be like, okay, is he like found a secret saying that, you know? So I think there's too much. I'll just be curious to see what they do yeah. with it. Do they? I like know? it that Survivor is doing this though. I know there are a lot, are a lot of survivor loyalists who don't like all the different added twists and stuff but i think that i don't, them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think survivor would have been on for 41 seasons if they didn't no. if they if it was literally just the same as the first season mm -hmm. all the time i don't think yeah i just think we would have grown tired of it 
So I, I don't mind it. Jeff did say this would be a season full of experiments right off the top, right? I love so it. Who even knows if they switch it up mid experiment? So it's I'm true. Hooked. I got to wow. go down to zero on one try. Just one person has to self-nominate. Why not? Oh, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're the only one left. Crazy. Um, I want to ask a question and maybe Jordan can steer it a different way if you want, but um, Deshaun, I think it was Deshaun at the, at the start was talking about fire building, like really early on in the episode. And funny enough, just the way algorithms work in social media, I was watching today and I love Conan O'Brien and there's a clip of Jeff Probst on Conan O'Brien from, a, a, it looked like a couple of years old at least, but he's talking to him. And one of the things he asks, Conan asks Jeff is, he says, you know, people, it's like, it's not like you just kidnap people and put them on this island. He's like, they know they're going on Survivor. Wouldn't they practice for months leading up to it to build a fire? And Jeff just kind of rolls his eyes and he's like, you'd think so. But he's like, so many people just show up and they don't. They don't do that. And actually, this is a crazy side sidebar. But Jeff said, no, it's funny. We had a guy on one season who kind of on his on his confessional was like, yeah, I'm not too worried about building fires. It'll kind of work out. And they uh, found him. Oh, no, that was the, the, the pre. And then I guess right before that, they they start filming on day one. They do. They basically frisk everyone like at the airport. And this is I'm quoting Jeff Probst here. He said one of the players hid a box of matches up his behind no no true story look it up conan o'brien jeff wow. hit some matches up that's there. tony style <laughs> that's something for Hiding. sure um that's something. a flaming behind as conan said but uh <laughs> it, but just how far people are willing to go but apparently they do they frisk all the players uh before they go in uh just to make sure because people have tried to hide food like sewn into their hems of their pants different things oh, like wow. that like yeah. that so just this yeah. is a bit of an aside but just on that fun weird note what would you what would you guys sneak on if you could sneak something onto Ooh. the island oh, such a good question um i think i would just try to sneak on food like i don't i don't really know if you ain't cheating you ain't trying but um but at the same <laughs> time i haven't really thought about what i would what i would sneak on i think i would just if i had if i was forced to try and sneak on something i think it'd be food and i mean this is this is like totally a, a girl's point of view but like are we wearing sunscreen out there what is happening to our skin are we yeah for real are we being taken care of so yeah it to me to bring sunscreen when i could bring you know something that would actually help me well i think i actually have heard that they wear sunscreen yeah i think they they're given sunscreen yeah um there's a few of those necessities like that, but yeah. what would you say, Steph? What would you bring? Oh man, I'm trying to think. A picture of me. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I actually, I guess. Instagram. I don't know. Pro probably, probably something like food too. But I, I to be honest, I, I'm having a total yeah. blank. I don't know. I don't know. Do it for the gram. Do Absolutely. For the gram. Yeah, just yeah. filming. They check Survivor production checks one day. They're like, wait a sec, someone's filming live from, <laughs> from the, the island. Who is this? It looks like one of the players at camp. Um, you know I, what? I would I would maybe try to sneak on a, my a camera because I would it, it would probably kill me that there's so many beautiful things all around mm -hmm. that I can't take pictures of. But that's cool. 
That's like not that. anything strategic to the game. So you could I mean, sneak that in your fun. in your pants. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My massive camera. That's right. <laughs> if if you guys are listening at home, we'd love to hear what you think. Send us an email, survivor at home at gmail.com. What would you bring? If you could sneak something on, obviously they'd probably catch you anyway, but to the survivor what island, what would you bring? Yeah. Very cool. Anyway, that was my little well, wait, aside. Did, did yeah, Karen there you has... go. Did Karen's? What did you say, yeah. Karen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I said sunscreen. Yeah, oh, sunscreen. right. Yes. Right. Yes. But I'm glad to hear sure. their needs are being taken care of. That's yes. right. So there you yes. go. <laughs> but anyway, coming coming full circle, the the idea that people would not know how to build a fire, not how to do certain things uh, going on to the game of Survivor, like that, especially building a fire, knowing there could be a fire-making challenge is crazy, that you wouldn't mm -hmm. practice that every day but jeff said lots of players just show up and assume they'll be able to figure it out so i can i can picture it happening i can just the day just right like oh, no crap, just I gotta, I think about go. it you got yeah. like we've got two kids life gets so yeah. busy even the most important things i am just cramming for at the last minute it's true and so i don't know i can i can picture it i would it's hope true. that i would not do that i would hope you would let me have a whole Take the kids week so you can before go. <laughs> like a girl's weekend away or something but yeah, yeah 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 but no it is true and I'm, it's like one of those dreams where you you know we arrive at the test for something or the day of the the big event but in the dream you haven't prepared and so you're panicking and stressed that it's there have you, have you guys had those dreams oh yeah totally it's it's rough and you know <laughs> even especially if you have repaired like for example Deshaun says I've been practicing I've just been using the wrong tools like definitely oh. have not been using a machete to practice at home. Yeah. So what do you do so. when you feel prepared and confident like Deshaun did and then just can't make it happen at the camp? Mm. That's tough. Cause we saw last week with JD, he did get it, uh, get it going. He had said he had been practicing. I guess he was using the right tools. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a highlight last week of him practicing, doing everything he can to get prepped for survivor and making fires one of them. And he, he got that done. It's always a moment on Survivor. Every season has it where someone finally gets the fire going and the whole tribe is, it, it's just like a, a big moment for them uh, coming together and being excited to have fire so they can cook some food that they don't have with them. Yeah. And we, and we, again, sometimes you forget when you're watching at home, just the ability to survive. And I think there was a reference even to Nasir tonight. You don't actually hear that that often anymore where they're like, he, he really is taking care of us. Like he's really helping us. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Joe was famous for that in seasons past and others who mm -hmm. really provided. And, and again, you're like, why would you keep them around if they're such a good, you know, it's like we're starving. Like we need someone to make food or shelter or who knows how to just maneuver the island or, or nature. Um, that that I don't know if you could fully understand that unless you're on the island. I'd be like, like someone's going to catch yeah. me a fish after three days. OK, like I'll keep you around for sure. So yeah. that was cool to hear uh, Nasir's yeah. story as well. And some of his footage yeah. Oh, yeah, and as you that. mentioned joe as you mentioned joe shout out to joe joe one of the survivor relationships joe and sierra don thomas nice true nice. so true i want you guys to changer. i want you guys to go like memorize the list of all fellow oh know, boy hassways that have for next for Dude, next there's week. there's a lot actually i want them to memorize all i'm assuming that uh, i'm assuming that blood versus water doesn't count yes no, it doesn't count. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. As we keep, as we keep going here, I'm going to run through some highlights through the challenge. If anyone wants to jump in, I only have a couple of things, but 
at the beginning of it, Xander said his line. And as we, I think we expected no response. No one else had found it. I think it would have been a shock, a really cool shocking moment if someone had said their line. Um, but, uh, but no, nothing. And just kind of is an, uh Oh, also with that, his whole tribe, I don't know if he knows this, but his whole tribe knows about his advantage. Mm. And Steph, you alluded to this in your intro about information and you more did it on a social aspect. And this is a little bit of a strategy aspect, but still same idea. Information is key in survivor and withholding. I would have done everything I can. There are very, very few idol plays. I think in the history of survivor that, have been public idol plays where everyone where people know it's coming outside of probably russell hans is probably the only one who's played public idols well before and everyone else every time an idol's played well it's a it's a secret from everyone and when you actually don't have an idol but you have a clue to it i'm not a big fan of xander uh telling everyone tiffany costs them the yellow team another challenge they're still a mess they were a mess in the opening scenes they're a mess now in this challenge a flint penalty is huge two two challenges in a row the penalty for the third place team or Mm -hmm. those who go to tribal has been flint uh they they can't restart their fire if they lose it um luvu the blue tribe we saw them for two minutes you referenced nasir i think luvu's only scene where we saw the blue tribe was basically saying nasir is essential for them and then it cut to yellow right after that Mm -hmm. uh and then the green tribe ua comes in second and that's the end of seeing those two tribes we don't we won't see them again until next week's episode and it goes all the way back to um the yellow tribe plus uh, who was it deshaun and evie or evie, evie, yeah. evie go on their go on their adventure is the risk of vote or protect your vote challenge or decision going to be a part of every episode because i feel like that can be used as sabotage yeah um like in the case of deshaun you could tell you could do what what evie did is she said i'm going to protect if it's that decision i'm going to protect my vote you go ahead and risk it yeah good if on deshaun her. had it done it if deshaun had it done it the other way and it said i'll do you a favor i'll protect my vote you risk it and then he risks it and that's like sabotaging her and yeah. it sabotages himself as well but you could sabotage someone else in that in that situation um and just kind of spice up the game a little bit. Um, but if that decision is going to be there, it'll be interesting to see how people play it. If now that we know every single week, that's going to be a part of the rotation. That's going to be something that someone goes off and does. And also the whole, Evie was away from her tribe and that could have been really dangerous if they had to put their brains together and realize she has control over everything that's happening. Yeah, that hasn't really that hasn't been an issue this season much at all. Whereas past seasons, if someone leaves for any kind of reason, mm-hmm. everyone's talking about them. At least they they portray it that way. I'm sure it's it does come up, but I, I this season more than others, they just seem to come back and jump right back in. She and she even said mm-hmm. when she came back from that, I'm nervous. Like I I don't you don't know at all what they're talking about. But so far, that really has not been a factor. I would be paranoid if I left to go to the washroom. Like of let course. alone yeah. go for a couple hours. Like people are, for... you know, and you know people are talking about you. That's the game of Survivor. But yeah. for those you know longer periods of time where you leave like that, that's that's a huge risk. And again, as we said last week, all it takes is some someone, one person to be like, hey, they're gone. They're probably got an idol. They're they're strategizing. They're going to meet someone else there. Like, that seems like an easy vote. 
It mm-hmm. is. And I really think the reason we didn't see that happening much is that Evie is absolutely working the room, right? She is. She's in with everyone. She is fully in control of what's happening, even when she's not there. Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful. Yeah, 100%. I, I was yeah. thinking the same thing. And I, I loved how that was one thing that struck me episode one. And one of the reasons why I immediately just sort of I noticed this one moment that they that they showed where Evie said when they decided that it was going to be Xander to go. And the one of the things that Evie said was, I think we all just knew Xander was going to be the one to go because everyone just trusts him. It was like, oh, wow, that's a pretty that's a pretty good quality to have that people trust you right away. And it's just sort of a everyone in the room agrees decision. And it seemed like it was similar for her. So I, even though I love, love, love the the girl alliance, I do think that those two also have a really good, they could be a power, mm. a power couple in a way because they both have that ability. They really do yeah. to be personable and not threatening too, which is another thing and, and sort of trick people into thinking that they're, I don't know if Xander's quite, quite like that, but at, Evie is for sure. She has that yeah. that same uh, the same ability to read the room really well and mm-hmm. strategize socially while being still very kind and and personable. Yeah. At risk of starting the Evie fan club here, um, one <laughs> thing that I really respect about Survivor players is when you tell us what you're gonna what you want to do and then you go out and do it. Yeah. And so. Early on, there's a scene in this episode where where Evie's in a confessional and she talks about how she's no she 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 perceives or notices that when a man and a woman work together throughout the game of Survivor, she finds that he tends to get more of the credit at the end of the game and wins. And she says, "So I'm going to work with the women. Then that's that's my strategy. That's how I want to get through this." And although that confessional was this episode, she did that last episode, convincing her tribe to vote out Eric Abraham when really if you're trying to keep your tribe strong, Tiffany should be going home. And then this week, again, Tiffany literally costs them the challenge. Yeah. And yet still we're going to go with her plan. And she's told, she's made it public to the audience what her plan is and she's executing on that plan. And that's just something that I I always respect in, in survivor players. Cause that tells you that you're in control of what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. Can I ask you, Karen and Steph, just as women and watching this game, what, what do you think of a statement like that? And she says that men and women can work together, but often at, when a woman works with a man, it's the man that gets the credit at the end. Uh, I think, yeah, that's a tough one. I really think we see kind of two sides of it. Um, if you have a powerful man and a powerful woman in an alliance, it's it's often not a power struggle, right? I think the woman is going to have a different type of strategy and let the man take the credit for that, stepping back in order to maintain any layer of strategy she wants. So I don't always think it's necessarily a negative thing, but it does happen pretty frequently, and we see it happening in alliances across the board. Mm. What do you think, Yeah, I, yeah I, I 100% agree. I think sometimes that's always a... A struggle for me with this game and just in general is just sort of the 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 personality traits that we 
that we decide are more important to getting you to the end when it actually could be someone who is a bit quieter and just so, sort of slowly working the room, making decisions without being at the forefront, they would be perceived as weaker, but yeah, I don't know. And I think, I think the thing is, is that we do see those people win too. Uh, especially when the, when the stronger personality has stepped on toes or has played a more yeah. outright sort of uh, disrespect. I mean, not disrespectful, but has lied or, you know, just things like that. But I think that in general, it, it, it is a tension for me for sure, because, and actually, to be honest, even Jordan, I like, I fully agree with your win for season two. But one of the things that I did struggle with was Katie. It was Katie, right? Mm-hmm. It was you, Katie and Karen. Yeah. And I think I, I voted for Katie. I'm sorry, you guys. This was so long ago. <laughs> They're still really bitter. Though. But one of, no, yeah. one of the things that I was talking to Andrew a lot about was, was this exact, um, this exact concept of um, men automatically get prescribed these qualities of being very specifically strategic, strong leaders, Whereas women don't, women have to work for that more so. They have to convince people that they have those qualities. Whereas Jordan, someone like you, you can walk into the room and I would, I would argue that I would autom- automatically assume that you have those qualities and would automatically give you those qualities in my like, you know, when I'm, when I'm deciding what you've done <laughs> in the game. And it actually has nothing to do with whether or not you deserved it. It was just more a, it was it was just more a, a um something that i was i i love reality tv for this exact reason and games like this because i love the social aspect and the psychological aspect of how do we perceive people and how does this personality decide on this personality being more deserving and so it was just well, a, the it's larger just really cultural interesting norms and and just what plays into all of that like that is yeah always going on too right there's always more i yeah i think it's thank you for sharing that Stephanie and karen because i I think it's a question that comes up a lot because even on social media you'll see um even past players posting about how you know they'll they'll say things like look at the last number of winners in survivor you know almost all men you know with a few exceptions and i I want to have a humble posture in approaching that and listening to what they're saying. And I, and I think there's, I think it's just, there's a complexity to it. And I think we, we do well to listen for us as men to listen to women's experience because we can't understand that. But I think it's an important conversation because sometimes I I hear that and I say, well, it doesn't always mean that that's, um, you know, injustice. Like if there are just genuinely are better men players and they deserve to win, then sure. But, kind of what we're getting at here and i think is a reality and where i have still to learn and we all do is like there yes that can be true but then sometimes you have a woman who's done equal amount if not more but she's painted in a way which isn't held up as high as the man for like almost a subconscious reason right or a bias or how you're raised in your own family or your community like there's so many variables to that but I just find those conversations. I, I know they're they're sensitive, and maybe Twitter's not the best place to follow them because people are 
horrible <laughs> to each other on there. But in a setting well, like there's this, there's rarely a good well, place to follow. <laughs> yeah, but in a setting like this where we trust each other and uh, know each other pretty well, just to, I, I appreciate your guys' some of your input, and I'll stop talking. But do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I really do think you make a choice when you come into the game. Even if it's not a conscious choice, you're choosing whether you're going to come in slowly and sneakily or if you're going to come blazing in, right? Yeah. And hindsight is twenty twenty. For me, when I was playing Survivor at Home Season 2, I really think that at the end, the fact that I didn't um, kind of step out and make a case for myself definitely hurt me. I was proud of the way I played, but... There's something to be learned about both sides, but I do think you make it a choice one way or the other. So, um, you know, it depends on the game, depends on the people that you're with, and it really just depends on what you need to do to get through. Yeah, 100%. And didn't you say too, Steph, that there was some feedback from women who have played Survivor that even where they sit. I was just going to bring this up. It's yes. like we're married or something. I was just going to bring this up that this is just a small little tidbit. Well, aside. but I think it all plays. But in. they yeah. were saying that a lot. The women often get put on the front stumps, <laughs> the front stumps at tribal ah. council. At tribal council, mm -hmm. and often there's a lot of whispering that happens behind, and you don't really know that that's happening, mm -hmm. or or uh, you know. And that's not. I'm not saying that that's a be all and end all thing that gets someone the win or not but it is just a small little thing and it's not even something that i think that they're doing on purpose but it's just a logistical thing because they're like usually women are like a lot of times women are smaller or shorter so they're putting the shorter person in the front and so that means that they just get a, a different vantage point at, yeah. at tribal council so it's just an interesting i thought that was just a really interesting yeah. little point or mm -hmm. if as if you're a man at the back sitting back you kind of can look and like all oh, those people are kind of nodding at each other winked at each other yes you wouldn't get, get that full, if you were yeah yeah you get that full viewpoint that from from the back yeah 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 totally mm -hmm. so as we they keep this is great conversation with they lead up to tribal council one of the things with survivor is at least this episode the whole time we kind of knew one of those guys is going home and we, I, you kind of got the, the feel the whole time that it was Xander going home. They gave that feel, they gave that feel. And then I don't know if you guys saw on, here we go, Twitter again. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter earlier, but Jeff Probst, I believe on his personal channel, maybe on the survivor CBS one um, posted a video asking everyone at home uh, a question. What would you do if your tribe was, using your name as a decoy kind of like a big brother strategy i know i don't watch big brother much but i know in big brother oftentimes someone will put uh someone else up for eviction as like a pawn to actually target someone else um and then sometimes it turns around on that on that person and they end up get getting voted out and now you've had uh, someone you're working with uh, or trust in the game get voted out and so the question in from jeff's uh point of view was if your tribe is using you as a decoy or your name is the other name being thrown out, even though your alliance is assuring you you're safe, are you comfortable with that? Uh, and the answer that we saw in this episode was Tiffany was not comfortable with that. Evie was reassuring her as much as she can. That idol is not live. He does not have an idol. He, Xander would tell me he has an idol. And she was very, well, we'll call it, she was stubborn in her in her belief that if he has an idol, I can't be the one voted out. And so instead switches the vote 
to Vochi, who basically gets voted out because Tiffany is a little more scared of what Xander could do. Is she seeing clearly in that moment? Is she getting too nervous about it? Or is it justified for her to be nervous in that in that moment because her name is being thrown out even though her alliance is reassuring us, the audience, and her, they're on her side? Yeah, I think that's a really tough spot to be in. Tiffany had every right to be concerned. Um, you never know which way the vote's going to go. It's hard to know who to trust in this game. But personally, and Jordan will know my opinion on Vochi, but did you guys know that Vochi's a neurosurgeon? I mean, honestly, this, if I heard him say one more medical analogy, I think I would have voted him out myself. Can I write in? Can I change the votes? Um, but really, and it's not just me, you guys. Like, you could see at Tribal Council, there was some giggling happening with Tiffany. There was some eye rolling happening with Evie. Like, I think it's 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 tough to be in a spot where Vochi was because he did not see that coming, but he's also not helping by being annoying. Personal opinion. Yeah, if you bring it's kind of that if you bring it up too much, it's it's just it's not cool anymore. <laughs> it's like if you play it cool and you just throw it in every once in a while, then that just garners a lot more respect. But but yeah, I I I can totally see where you're coming from there for sure. Well, there's and, a little, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. I was just going to say there's a little bias behind that. I'm a little tainted by my point of view, but I'm interested in hearing yours. Well, let me, I want to ask you that, Karen. Uh, we're almost done here, but just what, it, what about that does bother you? Why, why playing devil's advocate? Why can't he throw that around a bit, you know, talking I about his story? Yeah, I think he can if he does it well, but I think it comes across as him just feeling like he knows everything. Um, and it's hard to work with someone like that. Um, I'm not sure if it's the tone that he uses or just the way that he tries to throw into every conversation that he knows things about medical sciences. I'm not sure what it was, but um, to me, that just doesn't speak trust. Yeah, fair enough. I appreciate that. Um, we were talking to when he gets voted out, um, a player like that who does, he is there to play, whether you like him or not. Uh, what could he have done differently there? Steph and I talked before. I, I don't think there's anything he could have done, although this is a good perspective. Just you never know, even though you come across to certain people, but just in terms of his approach and his gameplay, like how do you, what do you do? How would you, if you were to play that over, how would you do it again? It's a tough situation because it's not it's it's not like he was the biggest target on that team because he wasn't. Xander's the biggest target on that team. And he's not the easy target on that team. That's Tiffany. But because the girls don't want to vote out Tiffany, Xander doesn't have a vote. And Tiffany's afraid of Xander playing his idol, which is not active, but she's still afraid of that all of a sudden it becomes that third that third person. It's almost like you get two people going head to head. So the third one has to take that bullet for them. Um, it's an interesting spot to be in. I personally have still kind of still am of the opinion if I was uh, Evie and, and uh, Liana, Liana, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would have just, knowing that Xander doesn't have a vote, I think I would have just voted him out and kill that idol right there. You have the opportunity to. You don't yeah. know if next next time around there are they only need two votes xander doesn't have a vote Vochi's voting for um tiffany tiffany's voting for Vochi. you know that 
and you can use your two votes to knock out Xander and kill that idol. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would have been the best game move if Evie's already committed to the women's alliance. It doesn't matter which guy goes out first between the two. And, and so I thought that was that could potentially be a bit of a miss, especially if next episode that idol is live. Mm. I and wonder if you've got another vote and an idol. I wonder if Evie just decided I like Xander. Like that's probably what her that that was going to be in someone who was in her in her corner for and she probably mm-hmm. could convince. I wonder if even oh no, I guess Xander voted for for Tiffany. So he did, I, he I was just vote. Oh yeah, he didn't vote. So he would have voted for Tiffany. No, but, but you know what? Vote. No, but I I would I would I wonder if maybe on the way there I don't know. Who knows? Because I'm I'm mm-hmm. guessing that Evie probably wants to keep that alliance solid that I don't know maybe she gave him a look or you know I don't know what it was or if that even happened but but it will be interesting to see what their relationship is like from there on out because either it could go really well and he's really glad that she kept him or it could be terrible and maybe he never trusts her again so who knows but yeah I think I that made no it didn't make sense to me other than literally just that Mm. too yeah. Yeah. yeah but i it's actually the, th- oh go ahead i was gonna say it's the weird dilemma of i think they're voting for strategy too early on this drive mm. and they voted out two pretty strong players which is the way it goes if they had voted out xander i think they would have been in a worse position physically yeah um but there are times in survivor where you can't keep going to tribal council and surviving we've seen that with some of the worst tribes in uh in the history of Survivor. Now, Denise won off of that somehow in, in her season of Survivor where their tribe went down to two people and then the two of them, um, Malcolm and Denise, went as far as possible and Denise won. But usually that's not a recipe for success going into a merge or a tribe swap where you don't have many people that are that you've worked with and now you've got to try and build new relationships. It's not a recipe for success. And they're, if they don't get a tribe swap soon, they're going to continue to be in real trouble moving forward because they're not in a good spot to win challenges right now. Here's another thing I just thought of too. It was Xander and Evie who have met other people from the other tribes. And I'm pretty sure that they were both from the blue tribe too. It was Danny. Like uh, yeah, Xander met Danny and Desha- and, and Evie met Deshaun. So, right. yeah. I mean, maybe we just didn't see a conversation, but it would be cool mm-hmm. if Evie and Xander talked and said, we have these connections over on the other tribes. If we stick together, then at least we know those, those two other people that we could link up with, especially because Evie really did give him that advantage. She, she, she was true to her word. So that's a really interesting dynamic too. I want to bring up one. Oh, sorry. Did you want to, did you have something to add on to that? Xander also in that, um risk it or protect it also along with meeting danny met jd from green because they had three of them for that one okay right yep um yeah i was gonna say that in the tribal council one dynamic that i think is really interesting is that i mean i know that these tribal councils go on for hours we just don't see it but one dynamic that's really interesting is with the dice that they can roll 
yeah. you don't you don't want to insinuate that anyone is for sure going to be voted out because then mm-hmm. they will for sure mm. just go for it right so it just changes yeah. that dynamic because typically people are pretty honest about like they're fairly i feel like jeff gets that out of them that they're honest about you know what's been going on at camp and all that but or at least I you think, have a feel like yeah. you have a sense of it because yeah. even yeah. tiffany you're right in a normal season like she would sorry if, if she was targeted if she if she was scared she probably would have played it tonight so she even though the, the editing didn't show it she must have known for sure yeah i'm not going home mm-hmm. yeah yeah because you're right it, it yeah. forces more blind sides it, almost it, yeah it's i was gonna say it encourages blind sides more and more this season because you it's only a 16.666 forever and ever uh, <laughs> Christian still sitting there saying six, but uh, it's a 16, 16.6% chance. And you, if that happens to hit, you don't want to be that person that goes home off of one vote, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You, so exactly. you want to make sure that it's more incentive to keep your information secret and, uh, and don't let people know that they're the one on the chopping block just in case they do something like that. Never mind play their own idol, but just in case they go for the shot in the dark. Yeah, totally. I love We're almost it. out of time, guys, but we did this last week. We talked about some early predictions. Again, there's no spoilers here. None of us have seen anything at all. But uh, Steph, just for you, who, who is one person that you think will do well this season? I mean, I'm going to jump on the Evie train. I I worry, though, that she's going to get the Christian. Like, she's going to be similar to Christian, where she is just dominating, dominating, and and just controlling the, the game in a very unique way. But she, mm-hmm. they, they just have to get her out. It's too obvious. Um, and I, I'm going to say Leanna, too. I like her, too. Mm. I, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say she's going to win, but I just, I don't know. I'm just looking at those people who don't have, haven't had a ton of airtime mm-hmm. so far. Cool. Karen, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to jump on the Leanna train here with Steph. And the only reason for that is I think she's like, she's quiet thunder. She's just kind of going to sneak up behind everyone. I, you know, I was paying attention to what she was doing. And in the challenge, she just crushed the she beat. She did. So mm-hmm. maybe she's got more in her than we've we've seen. So mm-hmm. interesting. Both of you going for Yasa players who that's so true far as a yeah. tribe are not doing well. But again, maybe in 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 because of that adversity already, they're forced to step up their game. Uh, even at Survivor at home, we've seen that sometimes the tribes that just coast for a while. But you know may what? Not be forced to historically with a lot of Survivor seasons, you will see one tribe dwindle down, dwindle down, dwindle down. And then it's often that tribe who goes really far because they get put in between mm. the other two tribes mm-hmm. when they get blended together because they're uh they everyone is kind of wanting more numbers, right? So it typically it sometimes can work in your favor. Awesome. Well, uh yeah, we just wanted to thank you guys for being on the show. Karen yeah. and Steph, keep us posted with uh wedding plans i'm sure there's going to be lots of news on social media trending <laughs> Jordan trending, and train. yeah. Yeah. yes that's right Do you guys have a hashtag yet uh we're working on yeah. it uh, yeah. maybe you guys will be the first to know though so look out for yes, it yes cool. yes yes um, yeah for those listening at home too if you liked what you heard today 
encourage you to subscribe, uh, like the, the show on wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps people find this. Uh, we have our website, Survivor at Home, for our upcoming events. Uh, if you're interested in playing, please be in touch, and we'll get back to you soon. Um, just wanted to encourage you to do that. And Jordan, anything else that you want to, to say to end it off? No, that is that is great. Thank you for joining us again on the Survivor at Home, uh, the podcast. And we're looking forward to next week, episode three. Keep a lookout for our next guest. Awesome. I'm going to do the Shan and give us an outro. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs>